Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Lon Seidman, and you're probably wondering, what the heck was that? Well, that was an intro to my cable access TV show I used to do in 1989 and 1990. I did about four or five episodes until it got too hard with school and everything to keep up. You used to have to fill 30 minutes. You couldn't edit at home, obviously, because we didn't have any uh, editing equipment that most people could afford at the time. So uh, it was kind of a short-run thing. But towards the end of that show's run... I started focusing more on video games, specifically the, uh, the changes that were happening in the industry at the time. Because remember, 1989 was the year the Sega Genesis came out, but it was also the year that the Game Boy was released, the Atari Lynx came out, as well as the TurboGrafx-16. So it was kind of like the year that the video game industry reemerged and became competitive again, because up until that point, the 8-bit NES had kind of dominated the market because nobody wanted to get back into video games after that crash in the early 80s. So it was a really exciting time. It was a whole bunch of new magazines springing up. And one of the advertisers in those magazines was called the Ultimate Game Club. They used to do these big full-page spreads uh, advertising what they were selling in those magazines. And I found out that they were right next door to me, essentially, in the next town over. And I used to have my mom drive me over there, and i bring my video equipment, and we'd record uh, some of the import Japanese games that were due to hit the U.S. market. So we can kind of get an early look at some things that uh, might be coming out and marketed to kids uh, later on in the year. And uh, the manager of that store agreed to come on my show at the time and do an interview about where the state of the industry was. And this interview took place in January of 1990, so right after the end of the 1989 holiday season, which really you know, was kind of the spark that led to the video game industry as we know it today. So uh, let's take a look at that interview. And before that interview runs, you're going to see my preview of Super Mario Brothers 3 that was not due out in the United States for like another two or three months from the time it was shot. So let's check that out. We're now going to a super preview of Super Mario Brothers 3 from Nintendo, which is coming out in March. In the first one, you had to kill King Koopa. In the second, you had to kill the evil Wart, Wart who took over Dreamland. Now, it's time to rescue the princess again. Shown here is the map of the first world in Super Mario Bros. 3, the long-awaited sequel to the popular Nintendo game. You have to conquer eight of these maps that are shown here. The graphics are the best yet, and it's more challenging than the first. There are bonus games, like the face game and the memory game, plus a bonus room where, you, where Toad gives you extra items. As well as getting fireballs, you also get a tail to whip your opponents. There are no limitations to what you can do. The, sec the sound quality is better than any Nintendo game I've seen recently. You can even store your power-up items. Look for this hot game coming in March from Nintendo. Special thanks to the Ultimate Game Club and Old Saber for this review. Well, the 80s are over, and the 90s are just about to begin. Well, the 80s brought forth ColecoVision, Sega, Nintendo and many other systems that didn't make it. But what, what will the 90s give us? Here to answer that question is Steve Sapowski from the Ultimate Game Club. Steve, what will the 90s bring forth for Nintendo and Sega? 
Well, Juan, as it appears to be right now, the 90s are going to be a very exciting time in video entertainment. 16-bit um, systems are going to be the wave of the future, um, such as Sega's Genesis or NEC's TurboGrafx. I noticed in, um, middle, in the mid-80s, video games were totally out, because it started with the Atari, mm -hmm. along came ColecoVision, and then where right. did it go? ColecoVision was sort of a, a boat anchor on the video game industry. It promised a lot, delivered some, and then faded into obscurity. And then with the advent of the Nintendo product and system, that rejuvenated the entire video industry. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what, what about uh, Genesis? Now, what, what was selling for that? Sega Genesis was probably the most eagerly anticipated system since, since the systems were ever created, since any video game system. Um, Ghouls and Ghosts had to be the most popular game. It's virtually identical to the arcade version. Superior. Now, uh, what was the hottest selling Nintendo title? Well, I would say for, season, for Nintendo, I would say that the system would be, um, the game rather, would be Double Dragon 2, um, a sequel to a very popular game, obviously Double Dragon 1. Also, extremely popular were the Japanese versions of games such as Super Mario Bros. 3, which isn't yet available in the United States, and uh, Tecmo Wrestling, games like that. Now, what about the Sega? Now, what, now, is that really a hot seller, or is it kind of diminishing? The Sega Genesis, no, or the, the, or the basic eight -bit, Sega? Eight -bit. The 8-bit system, um, as, a, as it stands, the master system, is mm -hmm. basically being faded out with the advent of the power-based converter, which allows older 8-bit Sega games to be played through the Genesis, so there's no need for two machines. Mm -hmm. Were there any hot-selling games this holiday season for the Sega? For the Sega, abs not really. um, absolutely not, no. Really? The way Genesis was everything. Uh-huh. Now, what, what Nintendo products sold hot this holiday season? For Game, Boy. Game Boy. Of course. Game Boy. Game Boy, everyone wanted Game Boy, and you mm -hmm. couldn't, they didn't produce enough. Uh -huh. Everyone and their brother wanted Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what about TurboGrafx? Now, I know that came out a little bit after Genesis and didn't give people a lot of time to buy it before Christmas and Hanukkah and all you know, right. the holidays. Um, how did that sell, and, how did, and what games were really popular for it? TurboGrafx is, is an excellent system, but as you were saying, it, because it was released so late into the holiday season, it didn't have a fair competition edge against systems such as Genesis. Um, it, it did fare well. Granted, the time that it was released, and the games are excellent. You know, musically, um, gameplay, the the strategies behind them—they're all involved. It is an excellent system, but it just hasn't caught on yet. But it's—it seems to be steamrolling. It's—it seems to be getting more and more popular. Now, the company that's making uh, the NEC Turbo Graphics is releasing a so-called 32-bit system. Right. Now they're known for boosting up these 8-bit. You know, the 8-bit uh, Turbo Graphics is boosted mm -hmm. to 16. Now, is this really 32-bit, or is it boosted? It's not a true 32-bit system, per se. What it is, Lon, is a 16-bit system with a turbo chip, which enhances gameplay and allows, um, allows the designers to have more freedom with the games they can design. Now, what impact will this have on the American market, if it ever comes out here? Well, its high price is going to pretty much exclude it before it's even released from being any major threat to any domestic products. But it will be... Um, an interesting novelty. I've heard, I would say. I've heard word about the Connex Multisystem. Now, have you? Is that? Does it have any plans of reaching here? Um, I have. I myself have not heard any any word about that system mm -hmm. as of yet. Now, uh, the NEC 32-bit system that's in production. Now, will it live up to its full capacity if it does become popular, and if it has an arcade translation? Now, what will happen? Will it? 
you know, since it has the 32-bit technology, would it be living up to it to everyone's expectations? Absolutely. If what they will what they will do is release it in test market areas, and they'll poll to get the results and see how the people feel about the play, whether it's worth the company to produce to mass produce a game to see if the if the consumers are going to be willing to pay the extra price to receive the enhanced graphics, which are technically superior to arcade graphics. Now, in your opinion, what is the best game you've ever played? Well, uh, opinions, it's like, what's your favorite food? It depends yeah. upon who you're talking yeah. to. I happen to like the adventure role-playing games, such mm -hmm. as Faxanadu, uh, games like The Adventures of Link and The Legend of Zelda. Battle of Olympus, but other people like sports games such as uh, Tecmo Football, which is supposed to be supposedly an incredible sports simulation game, and hoops for basketball. Um, my favorite game of all time would have to be the classic uh, Adventures of Link, Legend of Zelda. All right, now let's move to the portable wars between Nintendo's Game Boy and Atari's Lynx. Mm -hmm. Now, which one sold hotter this holiday season? I would say due to the lowered price, Nintendo's Game Boy probably sold more units mm -hmm. on a nationwide basis. But the Atari Lynx has the added benefits of, of, of color graphics, and it truly is a superior system, I feel, to the Nintendo Game Boy. Mm -hmm. But the Game Boy has a wide variety of games available yeah. to it right now, which Lynx doesn't. Now, what game, now, Lynx games, are they really close to arcade games, or is it more like uh, more Game Boy-like? They're, no, they're closer to arcade, and you would uh -huh. think... Um, that it wouldn't be as so, but mm -hmm. due to the small screen, yeah. but it is it is very very similar to the arcade game in play as well as graphics. Now, I've seen um, a picture of uh, Blue Lightning, mm -hmm. uh, and that's similar to Afterburner, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Correct. Uh, have you tried this? Yes, I have. And how close is that to Afterburner? Um, it's every bit as exciting. Mm -hmm. It's it's every bit. There's there's no loss. You would think dealing with such a small screen that there would be yeah. a loss of graphics and feel for the game, but in actuality there was there's nothing. You you forget that you're dealing with a two inch screen. You feel like you're playing a regular normal television game. Now I noticed on the links that they have a very unique system of mixing the low resolution graphics with the high resolution graphics mm -hmm. with their sixteen bit thing. Now um how does um do you think now, who, who designed this, first of all? The, the what, what system? The Lynx, of course. The man's name? No, the Lynx. Who designed it? What company designed oh, it? Oh, Atari's Lynx. Uh, it's their own product. Uh-huh. Now, um, well, for Game Boy, what games are, are going to be available by the, by the 90s? I've heard, you know, word about from Taito and stuff that they're going to be making games in the second quarter. Do you have any, any word on these games? Well, Nintendo, uh, as with their normal um, home system, they're very liberal in granting licenses to other game manufacturers as opposed to Sega, which doesn't like to grant licenses. Um, but in granting the licenses, it's more or less an agreement that they're very closed mouth about what's going to be coming out until they have at least 10 or 15 titles and they'll release them consecutively as a wave to inspire inspired interest. Now you have Japanese games at the club. Yes, how, we do. And how close are those to... Uh, now, is the quality better than they would be on our American games? The, it's not so much a, better, a question of better quality. Um, the Japanese take a, di a slightly different approach um, to the way they like their games played. Um, it, it's more of an arcade quality with the, with the smaller games, mm -hmm. for example, the uh, Game Boy games. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're different from the American versions, for example, Boxel and Motocross Maniacs. The Motocross Maniacs the U.S. version is slightly different from the Japanese mm -hmm. version. The Japanese version has a little superior play. Yeah, I've noticed on you know most of my uh, 
Game Boy games that are American, like Super Mario Land, mm -hmm. when you move, there's like a slight blur. Yes. Now I played Mickey Mouse on Game Boy, yes. and there was no blur at all. Now, the, what? Why is this? I I haven't. I I've played both games that you're talking about, and I have noticed that on the Mario Land. When your player is moving, it's more or less a blur. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it has something to do with the domesticated versions, Jap Japanese domesticated versions of their Game Boy, mm -hmm. and the different voltage requirements. Um, I believe when it's since it is a direct translation mm -hmm. and does allow direct play without any adapters, I believe there is something lost in the translation rather than for the Japanese ones. Now I've heard word about a Super Mario Land 2. Have you heard anything about this yet? Rumors. Rumors and scuttlebutt. Probably early 91, late 90. Uh-huh. So it's going to be a long time before we see that one. Exactly. Now, I heard word about another one, a street fighting game. Now, I, you know, I'm a big fan of street fighting games on, on the Nintendo, mm -hmm. but, you know, on a Game Boy it might be a, a lot more exciting. Now, what, what, do you have any word on this? Again, like I mentioned, um, they're very closed-mouthed about that. Um, I have heard similar rumors, but... You can't get anyone to say yes or no, definitely one way or another. But they won't admit it, but they won't deny it. So more than likely, there is something in the works, but they're very secretive. Have there been any recent Link's releases lately for games, or not really? No, like I said, they like to release them all at once, mm -hmm. and that's getting closer towards holiday or peak seasons. Mm -hmm. So right now everyone's broke from uh, the holidays. Everyone is completely broke from the holidays. Mm -hmm. It was a banner year for the, for the mm -hmm. video game industry. Now, Lynx, of course, is more expensive. Yes. So now um, I've played both of them, and which one would you, do you like to play the most? Which one has more play value, do you think? Um, for me, I enjoy the Lynx, um, mm -hmm. mostly because of California Games, yeah. which, is a, which is the game that's included with the Lynx. But Nintendo Game Boy has some, has some really excellent features going for it. But you asked me which one my favorite is, and I would say the Lynx. Even though it is more expensive, I just I like the color. What Genesis games do you, are going to be out soon, very soon? Soon to be yeah. released would be Fantasy Star 2, would be Golden Axe, Alex Kidd and Enchanted Castle, Zoom, all of these games are due out very soon, as well as Genesis Basketball. Now, I've, I've, seen, I've played a lot of the Japanese Genesis games. Um, are we going to see most of these Japanese games coming here? Yeah, I believe we will see virtually all of the Japanese Genesis titles transferred and translated into American now, versions. Is, is the games, are, are they exactly alike, or is there a little bit of Americanization within the games? Well, I, that's what I've heard Sega does, is that they Americanize all their games. I, they yeah. do, but... Um, the, the, obviously, the most um, visible difference between the two is the Japanese text on yeah, the games. For example, yeah. Fantasy Star 2, yeah, you, you don't know what you're yeah. doing. But they do, they do ch channel it towards the culture in which the game is being marketed. Mm -hmm. The exact techniques are very subtle, and I, I'm not familiar with them. Okay, Steve, thank you very much. Thank we'll you, Juan. you later in the year. Thank you very much. And keep providing us with those wonderful Nintendo, Sega, Genesis, and Turbo Graphics games. It's what we do best. Thank you. <laughs> So there's a little snippet of my cable access television show, and we used to record it on these big three-quarter inch videotapes, and I've had these just sitting in a box for the last 25 years because I had no way of playing the stuff back, but I found uh, a service that could do it for me relatively inexpensively, and they did a pretty good job with Southtree I think I used. Uh, it took a couple of days, but they uh, got it done, and I was really, really excited about that interview because I just totally didn't remember. I remember having doing it. I just don't remember what we actually talked about, so it was really cool, especially in the context of the Sega Genesis and its 25th anniversary this year. But uh, one thing to think about in relation to cable access stations, they're still around, of course, and if you have a YouTube channel, 
These are the single best way to get that channel off the ground with some really professional quality. Uh, my local cable access station just uh, you know, detached itself from Comcast and went nonprofit. They've got uh, a lot of the same gear I use here in the studio, really nice HD stuff. They have a bunch of cameras, a really nice studio, good lighting. And if you really want to start doing interviews and, and kind of taking up your YouTube game a notch, these are free, essentially most communities are free resources. You take a course and learn, uh, learn the ropes, and then you can uh, start your own show. And they often require that you, of course, run that show on their uh, cable station, but you can then take that uh, tape or file, I guess, these days and uh, go home and uh, throw it into your Mac or PC and put it up on YouTube also, and you can really get uh, kind of step up your game without spending a lot of money. So definitely you know, reach out to your local cable access station. I think you can find them to be a really helpful resource, and they would, I'm sure, love to get more content on their wire. So that will do it for this look back, and if I find anything else interesting, I will let you know. This is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching.